Join me, Chelsea Erson, on season three of my podcast, Dear Young Rocker. Tune in to hear some of my favorite musicians tell stories from their awkward musical beginnings, reconnect with the teenager they used to be, and remember what it's like to fall in love with your favorite band for the first time. Listen to Dear Young Rocker Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Family does a lot for you. Whether it's your mom or your dad, anyone you live with, a teacher even, the adults in your life are encouraging you to get through whatever you may be struggling with. And now with the holidays upon us, think about what would happen if you didn't have that support system? What if you had to live on your own due to an extraordinary circumstance? What if that circumstance had destroyed your home, your school, and the entire town where you lived? It would require me leave my family for a really long time. When you feel an overload of emotions hit you all at once. I just feel like maybe they don't understand how much it takes a toll on us. Because the then again, you know, it is going into my senior year. And you feel like so so much much time. Time. You're going through life and it's tough. But what's going to happen to you? How do you get through it? Does anyone even understand? I wish someone could tell me what to do. Hi, I'm Samantha Logan, and this is We Got You, a podcast for kids whose hard questions are answered by the older teenage kids who have already been through it. In the fall of 2017, Hurricane Irma destroyed many parts of the Caribbean. My guest today is 16-year-old Tatiana, who is from the British Virgin Islands. When she was just 13 years old, the storm destroyed her entire island, and she went to New York City to live with her grandmother so that she could go to school. She was away from her parents, her friends, and her entire life as she knew it was gone in an instant. Here's her story. My name is Tatiana. I am a 16-year-old Caribbean American from the British Virgin Islands and Upper East Side, Manhattan, New York. So in the summer of seventh grade to eighth grade, you know, jitters, getting back into school, I was excited to see what else I had to offer the following school year. We had school start in August. We came into school, everything was fine. And then all of a sudden our teachers were like, please go to your lockers and empty out your lockers. And then they were telling us that we're going to have a half day. And I was like, oh, a half day? Okay, what is going on? So then my mom told me that I need to catch a ride and go to her office. And she told me that there was a hurricane coming. And I was like, okay. So I guess that's the reason why. No biggie. And, you know, it just seemed very calm as we were zipping through different towns, like the water in between each valley just seemed very calm. It was very... um, it sort of gave us the wrong impression that something huge was coming. It started getting really, really serious. One of our neighbors called my mom and she was like, can I sort of, you know, shelter with you for the for the night? We saw that trees in front of us were starting to, like the bark was starting to literally break. So we went into our um, dining room because the dining room is um, concrete. And so we had our backs against the wall 
I was just literally singing just songs and asking God out aloud to just protect us and bless us. And then the window, different windows started to crack. We heard like a knocking on the door. It was one of the neighbors and she was like, we can't stay here, we have to go now. And if we stayed in there, because when we came back upstairs during the eye of the hurricane, the whole glass door that my mom has in her room shattered onto her bed, shattered everywhere. It was just like, imagine if we stayed because we probably would have gotten cut. All the wind would probably would have taken us out of the house. And it was, just, it was, I think God really worked in mysterious ways because had she not sheltered with us, we would have probably just stayed in there. We probably would have thought that we were safe. It was unrecognizable, to say the least. All the houses looked completely distraught. We were just so thankful that there weren't as many deaths as there were. And you know, it was just a lot because my dad and my mom got divorced when I was smaller. And he lives on the opposite side of the island. All I could think about was, oh my gosh, is he okay? Like, is, did he even survive? Like, what's going on? Our phones weren't working. There was no cell service. There was no internet. There was no electricity. There was no way to get in contact with him. And the roads were filled with debris, every single one of them. It took probably about two weeks for people to clear out all the roads. It's so indescribable. It, it was just, it was just a lot to see that your life could have been taken away in like less than two seconds. And it was all because of the nature. The relief that we received initially, the UK sent down body bags. Nobody expected that anyone would have survived. My mom's office was so gracious. They had a plan for us to evacuate the island. So we left everything behind and we went to New York because we have so much family there. That's like where I was born. That's where my mom grew up. She went to middle school there. She went to high school there and she went to college there. So it was a lot to try to transition into school by itself. So we were like, why not go with the public school? That was a completely different experience. I had never been to a public school in my entire life. I've always been in a private school. It really helped me with my social skills. It really helped me with my independent skills. So I had been in school for maybe a week and a half and they were requesting her to come back to the island. That honestly ripped my heart because I was like, okay, so now I'm gonna be parentless. I'm gonna just be by myself. At the time, I thought, you know, my grandma is a great resource. Her sister is also living with her. I can depend on her for anything. Everything will be fine. And then it just seemed like I was, a 30-year-old trying to pursue New York and become my own woman. I was a little girl and I was raising myself. I had to pay for my doctor's bill. I had to pay for a lot of different things um, I just had to do by myself. 
I rode the bus by myself for the first time. I was by myself. I never got the opportunity to like share how I felt about it. There wasn't really that emotional connectivity between my grandma, my aunt, and myself. It was just, you know, we just keep it pushing like nothing happened because nothing had happened to them. But something major had happened in my life. It just took a huge toll on me, and I think that's why I'm grateful for technology, because I could still talk to my mom and my dad. Although, you know, they were going through a whole nother, like, experience with everything. You know, they had to stand in lines to just shop, like how we're doing now with COVID, but it was completely worse because everyone was on top of you. There was no hot water. There was, it was just, it was a lot down here. So I didn't really want to, like, add to their stress. I wouldn't tell them what was going on. But I still wanted to make sure I talked to them because I know that they were going through a lot. And just to hear their voice, and I know for vice versa, was comfort. In some ways, it had its advantages because it forced me to grow up in like a matter of seconds. And I didn't realize that I was that independent and strong. If I could go back and tell my younger self, knowing all the things I know now, I would encourage her to look at the beauty of everything. Don't think everything is an obstacle. Think of it as a life lesson. So now is the part of the show where we take questions from you out there. We asked you on our Instagram account, We Got You Show, to submit anonymous questions about any and all your issues, and we had lots of responses. Thank you, and keep that up for the coming episodes. Our audience submitted questions are about being away from your family. For today's panel of experts, Tatiana is also joined by a team we will speak to in a future episode this season, but she wishes to remain anonymous. So what is the hardest thing about being away from a parent or a loved one? I think the hardest thing is being able to share those instant um, glories as well as not being able to share those um, sort of drawbacks. So you can tell them on the phone later on or whenever you get a chance, but it's like you don't have them with you all the time as if when you were with them in person. They know exactly how the place looks. You can detail it and they would understand. Whereas my mom and my dad, for example, my dad didn't even get a chance to visit me. I had to come back home to see him a year after. Whereas it would be so much easier if they were just there to see with their own eyes and to hug you. You know, it's just the physical, the physicality of it is, it's one of the most detrimental parts of not being with your parents. I mean, I think to me, the hardest part was kind of this sense of guilt in a strange way where I felt like I was moving on in life and, and I almost felt like I was losing contact with my family that I didn't like live with at the time. And I, I felt kind of guilty because I felt like I wasn't, I was very conscious of constantly trying to reach out and contact them. But I also felt at the same time, like, you know, it, it wasn't really enough. It always felt kind of like I wasn't doing enough to keep contact with them. I mean, I can definitely agree. Um, there was some days where it was hard to contact both parents. Cause again, my parents are divorced. And so I would have to call them separately. And sometimes I, I completely agree with the guilt part because I would be able to talk to my mom for like maybe 10 minutes max. Um, and my dad, I would probably reach out to him maybe the next couple of days after. 
I would probably say that you shouldn't feel guilty because you're not doing anything wrong. You know, you, you still love your family. And, you know, the fact that you are feeling guilty shows that you truly do care and that you really, you know, value the relationship you have with your family. Um, but, but I would, you know, in a strange way, say that this is kind of a good opportunity because it forces you to become independent faster and it prepares you for life in a good way. Um, you know, of course, it's hard, especially when you're at a young age, but it, it will help you in the future. That's what I would say, the positive of it. And I think even if you do feel guilty, you're only human. It's, you don't have to necessarily dwell on the fact that you're guilty. That shows that you have empathy. That shows that you care. That shows that you still love them. And I think that's good enough in spirit. Um, I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in God. And I feel like my my religion helps me to be closer to my family. So even if we are not able to speak, we still we don't have any malice in our hearts for them. Maybe just find an, an accountability partner who's in your circle physically with you to help you get through what you're going through. Um, because at the end of the day, there are still people that love you, even if you, even if they're not related to you by blood. My parents recently divorced, and I am now only seeing them each every other weekend. It's not a long time, but I feel like I'm missing out. And when I'm with the other parent, I feel bad. What can I do? Do the opposite of what I did. I think you should definitely tell them how you're feeling. Because you don't want to end up like me and now five plus years after they've divorced and now you realize that you have internal trauma because you didn't voice those those concerns earlier. It only builds up. It's like shoving dirt underneath a, a mat. Eventually, that mat is going to become sort of mountainous and you're go it's going to start seeping out all the dirt. And I feel as though you don't want to like spring on them. All of a sudden, you're, you're like mad at both of them, but you don't realize why. I think since you've already identified how you're feeling, that's an amazing step already. Take advantage of that, communicate that with them, and hopefully they can bridge some gaps. Because at the end of the day, they're the adult, the adults in the situation. You're a child. They will come up with solutions. You don't have to stress about that. They decided that the divorce was where was the path, the path that they wanted to take. This is just a sort of consequence that they have to deal with. It's not something that everything that this whole decision doesn't have to be on you your shoulders alone you know when the parents get divorced they they have an understanding and they know that you're not really in control of you know who you spend time with and i don't think that they take that personal you know so i think that's something to keep in mind also we have a blessing called technology there you go problem solved is it okay if i'm okay with being far away from my parents if you're mature enough to make that sort of conclusion, I think you're definitely going places. Um, maybe realize what you love about yourself and what you miss about them and see how those two can be complementary. Because sometimes space is really helpful. I think even for me, my parents, specifically my mom, I'm going to be honest, um, used to get on my nerves <laughs> but I think once I got that space and I saw her again in, at Christmas time um four months after I realized oh my gosh wow she might have taught me some good things that I was able to be independent by myself yes but at the end of the day I'm still a child and I would still like that sort of emotional support that I was lacking from um the family members that I was with um so I feel like just Try to find the gap that's missing because at the end of the day, 
having your parents alive, having your parents in your possession is a blessing. So I think one, continue to grow like individually um, and to maybe don't forget about them, don't put them on a back burner, but still keep them sort of somewhere in the forefront because at the end of the day, they're going, they're, they're, you're their best interest. They've invested in you. They love you. Yeah, I think that's a really good point with the space thing, actually. Like, it's it's really true. I, I've noticed that not only with my parents, but with my friends um, when I moved and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, with the space, you're able to value each other more. I think sometimes, you know, it can get kind of clouded when you're, like, living with each other 24-7 and you're constantly in each other's spaces. You kind of forget what you mean to each other. I don't know about every child... But my parents, specifically my mom, she tries to mold me into her childhood, into her. She wants me to live her life through me. And I feel like that year was definitely some time for self-reflection, personal development. Um, And I feel like that was so important for just my self-confidence, just my moral system, my sort of moral compass. I think it's super good when you can differentiate between what you think should be your life and what your parents are enabling you to do. Some people are not as lucky as me to have supportive parents. Some parents are manipulative. Some parents are abusive. So I feel like if you know yourself and what's healthy for your mental health and your physical health and your emotional health, then keep doing what you got to do. Even if you're young, age is just a number. You know what you got to do. And I believe in you. So the last question, I only get to spend summers with my dad and it's hard to talk to him while I don't see him. What are ways I can stay connected? Um, yeah, I mean, like that that's kind of my situation. I only see my dad in the summers. Um, all through high school was kind of like that because um, I, I, I live with my mom like full time. Since I was like 12, I've been living with my mom full time. So I don't see my father really um, unless it's like in the summers or every now and then. Um, but I think really technology i think we mentioned that earlier is really the main you know method we have so much technology nowadays it's quite easy to stay connected if you just kind of send a text every now and then like it can be like small like i just got an a on my science test i think he would really appreciate that maybe also hopefully the the relationship was already established prior to the divorce um and prior to that sort of arrangement um in terms of custody and what's not but I feel like don't put the pressure on yourself keep the momentum going but at the the end of the day if you realize that it's sort of becoming a one-sided relationship maybe speak to him speak to your father about it so that so that both of you can sort of give and take from the relationship and then once you see him in the summer it's nothing new it's like Oh yeah. So tell me about this thing that you were telling me about sometime in the in the year. You still have that sort of rapport going on. Okay. So I want to thank you all so much for tuning into We Got You. We Got You is a podcast that gives a voice to every kid out there who doesn't have anyone to go to for advice, who might be scared to ask their friends, older siblings, or parents for help. We're here for you. And remember that right now is just a tiny part of your life and you will get through it. Tune in for the next episode where we speak with Tyla, a 17-year-old who talks about panic attacks and what happened when she had one. 
If you want a chance to have your questions answered or appear on our show, submit your questions via DM on our Instagram at WeGotYouShow or visit us at WeGotYouShow.com. If you need to speak with someone about any issue you are facing, Youthline is a hotline you can call for help 24-7. Dial 877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to 839863. We Got You is sponsored by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with special thanks to PRX and Tracks for Support. Production assistant is Carolina Garrigo. Theme music by Dima. Original composition by Dimitri Libman, Ollie Chang, and Guy Brown. Music edit, sound design, and mixed by Rob Ballingle. Dialogue edit by Michelle Medias. And music supervision by Justin Morris. We Got You is created, written, and produced by Hallie Petro and Brandon Leganke in association with Sonic Union NYC. Until next time, this is Samantha Logan saying happy holidays to you and everyone out there. Please stay safe. Sending all of our love from the We Got You show. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.